following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, October 7th, 2020, Season 16, Episode number 39. Welcome to an exciting edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got my crew with me, Dave, Amber, and Nick. And, of course, we're joined by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network, as we do every Wednesday and Thursday. Today, Bucky's going to break down the upcoming game, Cowboys uh, versus the Giants. And today, we're focusing in on the Giants' offense versus the Dallas defense. Bucky, how are you doing today? Man, I'm great. How are you guys doing? Awesome, awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna start Wonderful. first with the question that we normally ask, but at some point I got to ask you about Jalen Smith because you had some comments a couple weeks ago that <laughs> I think we got to go back and revisit a little bit. But before we get to that, let's start with give me the greatest asset and the greatest weakness of this Giants offense. Okay, we gonna keep it real about the New York Giants. The New York Giants offensively don't have a lot of weapons. There's not a lot of firepower. This should be a get-right game for the Dallas Cowboys. When you look at the Giants, Daniel Jones is where it starts. He is the starting quarterback. He's three and thirteen since being the starting quarterback. Twenty-six touchdowns, twenty-nine turnovers as a starter. This year, he has the second lowest passer rating in the league. The only person who is playing worse at the position than him would be Carson Wentz based on those numbers. Um, Devontae Freeman is their running back. He has 43 yards since stepping in for Saquon Barkley. Uh, Darius Slayton would be considered their number one receiver. He's an explosive athlete, a big-time playmaker, has their only receiving touchdown. And the other weapon that they have is Evan Ingram. You hear people talk about Golden Tate. But Golden Tate is just a guy at this stage of his career. And the offensive line has really, really struggled. Uh, they have been pressured at a rate that only ranks with the Dallas Cowboys in terms of the amount of pressure that they have allowed on the quarterback in the league. And so if the Dallas Cowboys get right in play to their potential, this should be a game for their defense to regain their confidence and really use it as a building block to start to perform better. Well, Bucky, you, you just basically answered my, my question right there at the end. I was going to ask you between when you have one of the worst offense in the league versus one of the worst defense in the league, which side of the ball should usually win? Well, the one thing that is kind of the X factor, and I will say this, I think Jason Garrett is certainly familiar with some of the personnel on defense, so maybe that gives him an advantage in game planning and play calling, just kind of understanding some of the strengths and weaknesses of the personnel. That said, this should be a game where if it comes down to which who has the better players offensively for the Giants and defensively for the Cowboys, that advantage should go to the Cowboys. Now it's about putting the Cowboys defenders in a position where they can go and make plays and dominate this game. And so it'll be interesting to see how Mike Nolan approaches this because this should be an opportunity for the Cowboys to go on a run facing an NFC East opponent. How does he attempt to kind of get them going? Because you would like to use this game as a game that propels them to start to play better and make incremental improvements as a defense. I was going to... I was trying to write a story this week about a familiar face coming to AT&T Stadium, but that's not really the case with Jason Garrett because you don't ever see that their faces anymore. I mean, like, but he's, he's going to be here. 
and he's going to be the offensive coordinator. He lost Saquon Barkley. Is it hard to evaluate what he's doing on an offense because he took that job probably thinking he's got one of the most dynamic players in the NFL? Um, I, I think with Jason Garrett, the, the thing that sometimes guys struggle with when you go from being the head coach back to the offensive coordinator, and it's been such a long time since he's been the coordinator, um, his offense hasn't necessarily evolved to the, the 2020s. <laughs> and, and generic um, offense. It's, it's, it's very, not a lot of motion, not a lot of tricks, not a lot of gadgets. We won't see all of the things that the LA Rams presented as problems with the motion and doing those things. And so it is a pretty lineup and go offense. And so this is, when we talk about this being a game where the Cowboys defense can get right, it really is that because there's not a lot of trickery and stuff that's going on. It's kind of a line it up, put the ball out there, let's go play. And so um, for a team, a defense that has been struggling, this is exactly what you want. You want to see someone who's going to play a pretty vanilla. Let's talk draft, Bucky, because uh, it feels like ancient history at this point. But the uh, the Giants had the pick. Of, you know, we all knew they were going to pick an offensive tackle. They had the pick of all the ones they wanted. And, you know, it, it seems like Makai Becton and Tristan Wirfs and uh, Jedrick Wills are all having really great rookie seasons. What does Andrew Thomas look like? And is it early to think that maybe the Giants picked the wrong guy? I mean, it's the earliest four games into it. He didn't have a full complement of a training camp in preseason, but like everyone on the offensive line, he has struggled. Uh, part of the fascination that Dave Gettleman had with Thomas is he was experienced, he was long, he kind of fits what I call that Giants mold, going all the way back to when George Young was the general manager there. The Giants always like big guys. They want big, long, uh, athletic guys to play on that offensive line, and so he fit the prototype. Uh, we can debate whether he was a better player than Makai Becton in terms of upside and potential and Tristan Wirfs, who was a fantastic player on the right side of Iowa. But he's been okay, but he's had his struggles like that offensive line. And I think there's so many moving parts when you have a new coordinator, um, a rebuilt offensive line, a second-year quarterback moving into his second system. There are a lot of things in place, and I just don't think it's come together for the New York Giants at this time. Yeah, Bucky, I, I assumed, and this is going back to a previous question about, about Barkley, I assumed that when he went down, their their offense would take a, a huge hit. But last week against the Rams, I noticed uh, that they had their best, by far, their best rushing day with 136 yards on the ground. Their previous high on, on the season was 75 at Chicago. What did they do differently last week in the running game, particularly that made them, uh, I guess, better running the ball than they'd been in any of the previous games before that, even with uh, Barkley. You know, I, yeah, I think it's just a commitment. And I think with Saquon Barkley, going back to him, he's kind of a hit or miss type running back. Uh, it reminds me a lot, and I'm not going to put him exactly in this class, but it reminded me a lot of like the debate that you would have with Barry Sanders mm -hmm. and Emmitt Smith. Barry Sanders would have two, negative one, negative three, 50. And he would end up with a great day where Emmett was a steady and consistent four and five and four and five, and it would tally it up. Saquon Barkley is a running back that is like that. He is a big play running back. So when you lose him and you, you bring on Devontae Freeman, it's just a little more of the persistent three and four and five yard games that has kind of steadied out their offense. Maybe Jason has made a, a little more commitment to it. And to be honest, against the Rams, their defense played. Um, in a way where they were able to stay in the game. And because they could stay in the game, they could be a little more stubborn when it came to handing the ball off and really sticking with the running game. 
Now this next question isn't necessarily about the Giants because honestly I don't have many more questions on them right now. But let's I, I do believe that the Cowboys are gonna win this game. Let's say they do win, but regardless of them winning, the defense just played a bad game once again. If that happens, what I mean, is this a point, let's say week five, is this a point where you start seeing players maybe giving up, not giving up on the game, but giving up on their coach? You know, it's interesting being on the outside looking in, you do wonder because you've heard the questions, you've heard guys talk about like the scheme and simplifying and those things. Um, it's obviously a difference in terms of leadership and management style between Mike Nolan and Rod Marinelli and Chris Richard. Um, and I think everyone is adjusting. I, th I think the big thing, Mike McCarthy and Mike Nolan have to get on the same page and they have to figure out what they want to demand from each of their defenders. And Mike McCarthy has to figure out what does he want to demand from Mike Nolan? Because the head coach's job is to solve problems, to go to the D coordinator and say, hey, it appears that we're having a lot of communication errors. Let's scale it back. Let's put them in something that they can just go play so they can get comfortable with. And then it's really on Mike Nolan to challenge the guys. Um, he has to get them to play at a high level. And I know it's tough because you're a new staff and depending on how you um, relate to your players, you want to always protect them. But at some point, they know what it looks like because we've seen how the defense is supposed to look in recent years in terms of the effort and the energy. Now it's on Mike Nolan and his assistant coaches to kind of hold them to that standard. Well, I don't want to get into the whole Waldo thing again. We spent a lot of time last week, and I even got a couple of tweets that said we have eleven Waldos on this team, on this defense. But what's the opposite? What's the opposite of that? Um, and by the way, I was uh, somebody pointed out that Waldo spelled backwards is O D Law. Don't know Stop. really what that means. I was, it was oh. pointed out to me. However, uh, what's the opposite of that? When when you're in the scout, you're like, who's the, who's the one guy to target? Is there a term for the one guy that you have to target for the other reason? He's the badass of the group. And who's that for the Cowboys defense? So, so we used to talk about that guy is the one who wears the big sombrero, um, meaning that the game is on him. Whoever has that matchup, he has to wear the big hat that week because he has the toughest matchup. Um, if you want to say for the Giants, who who no, is the guy that no, you're worried about the in the matchup? Who's the Cowboys I don't, defense? I don't think – you know, like, so, so like, it's funny because early on in the season, I think Alden Smith has to be the guy that you would point out as he has been the best defender. And in saying that, there were some bad snaps that he put on tape against the Cleveland Browns where he didn't really fight hard to, to, to fight against a reach block, which allowed guys to get around the corner. He wasn't always a guy that was running fully to the ball, but he has been the most disruptive player. He's the one that obviously leads them in sacks. He has created more of the disruptive plays from their front line. Uh, there's some talented players there. I really don't know what is going on in terms of why they're not playing to the potential that we should see based on what is on paper, but they're not playing well. And I'm gonna say, Dontari Poe is a guy who should be on notice because his lackluster performance has really stood out and he was brought in to be a guy that really helped them against the run. And they have struggled so poorly against the run. And when you see him dropped into Jalen Smith's lap and Joe Thomas's lap and they're knocked off the ball, that's problematic. And when a team runs for 300 yards on you, man, we could talk about schemes and all that. At some point, pride has to come in. This week, we would just like to see the Cowboys fight back up front. If they get hit in the mouth by the offense, will they throw a punch back? I think it really comes down to as simple as that. I'm glad you said that, Bucky, because that, I mean, if I'm looking 
if I'm looking for something for the Cowboys to be afraid of, I don't know, you can laugh at me, but I, I, I think it's got to be Daniel Jones because he's athletic, he can extend plays. The Cowboys aren't pressuring the quarterback, and their front seven hasn't been disciplined. So you put them up against a quarterback who can make plays with his feet and extend p- plays to give himself time to throw. How troubling should that be? You know, I know he's not Aaron Rodgers, but Daniel Jones has some of that adaptability to his game. Yeah, no, he does have some of that. And, and make no mistake about it, the Giants are going to view the Cowboys as a get-right game as well. Because offensively, when they pop in that tape and they see that the Browns had 500 yards and 300 yards rushing the ball, their coach is going to stand in front of the media and say, hey, we're going to try and jam it right down the Cowboys' throat. And so if we can run it and throw play action like the Browns were able to, this can make a game very easy for the quarterback. So a lot of what we'll see very early in the game would be a, a replication of what the Cleveland Browns did early. And they want to see if the Cowboys have fixed the problems. If the Cowboys haven't fixed the problems, they can get a steady diet of the game plan that they got last week against the Cleveland Browns. That game plan also works for a young quarterback because the Cleveland Browns were hiding Baker Mayfield with the way that they played. The New York Giants want to do something similar to take some of the pressure off of Daniel Jones to give him easy throws on the outside. So I would think we would see a lot of run early to set Daniel Jones be able to make some plays off play action. All right, so I got. I want to get to this question I was going to throw at you at the beginning about Jalen. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Nick asked you the question of who you thought was performing best on the Cowboys' defense, and you threw out Jalen Smith's name. Um, I, I had a question, and I'll, I'll set it up by saying, after looking at this last game, I was really concerned about Jalen Smith and how he's playing. But what I want to get to the heart of is what may be the reasons, if you agree that he is he at least struggled in that Cleveland game. Is it more a function of him being slow to read the play, him being slow to react to the play, him being slow to get to the play, or do you think it's more a function of poor defensive tackle play that's now not being able to allow him to flow to the ball? Yeah, Derek, I, th- I think it's a combination of everything. Um, I think the one thing that every defender has to have is they got to have belief that the coordinator is putting the best plan for everybody out there. And sometimes that belief has to believe it has to be blind faith. That regardless of what has happened, I'm going to trust and believe that Coach Nolan is putting me in a position where I'm going to make plays. The other thing that has to happen with Jalen, a lot of what linebackers are, are doing are dependent upon what the guys up front are doing. So are Antoine Woods and Tristan Hill and Don Terry Poe, are they occupying blocks so now I can run clear and free to the ball so I can make plays? Am I unobstructed? Or am I having to run around this trash that's preventing me from, from making it? Uh, the final point is you talked about him looking slow to the ball, um, not necessarily running. He's not alone because I counted plays where Alden Smith and Jalen, even Trevon Diggs didn't run to the ball. I think what has changed, and you guys know because you've been there, I will say this and say what you want to about Rod Marinelli and mm-hmm. Chris Richard are one thing. I do believe when I used to go to Oxnard and I asked players this, Rod Marinelli had a standard of effort when they talked about loafs. And I heard you guys, I listened actually to the podcast the other day, and you guys were talking about professional players. I believe they give effort. I don't believe professional players loaf, but there's a difference. And what I will ask everybody to do, you guys and Cowboys fans included, rewatch the game, and if you're looking at the defense, do the defenders change speed? Do they slow down, then speed up? Are they running all the way to the ball? And do you see 11 has to have the ball when the guy is tackled? Because if you don't see that, that is a change from what the expectation was previously under Marinelli. And what Marinelli and those guys did is they called everybody out. Mm -hmm. 
when they didn't do it. When I used to talk to Jeff Heath, he said, that's the culture, that's the standard. What happens with players? Players are the same in pros, college, high school, youth ball. If you let them get away with things, they will continue to get away with it. DeLaw, look, D-Law, it was one of my favorites. But D-Law has cut corners this year that I didn't see him cut corners in other years. And so somebody in that room, be it a player or a coach, they have to tell the truth. And if the coaches aren't telling the truth to the players, it's going to be hard to fix the problem. So I think some of it happens when you're getting rolled over like the Browns were rolling over the Cowboys. You get discouraged, and your discouragement, just like our kids, they get discouraged so they don't give effort. So some of that plays into it, but another part of it is, are you coaching it or are you allowing it to happen? So I think they have to have those hard conversations about what is the standard of expectation for everyone on this side of the ball. That's great stuff. I do remember that that uh, them having that yeah. loaf standard that they would check, like literally after every game, they had a no, they had a statistical category for loafs, and I remember players talking about that back when Rod Marinelli was here. We appreciate you joining us, Bucky. We'll be back tomorrow, and we're going to have you talk a little bit about this Giants defense against the Cowboys offense. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about this matchup, Cowboys defense versus the Giants offense. We'll also get into a couple things that Mike McCarthy had to say today on his press conference. A couple guys coming back to practice today. We'll talk about when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay? Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. It's funny. As we travel places, often we find the places we want to travel aren't really places at all. They're people. They're grandparents, moms, old friends, and new nephews. That's why at American Airlines, we've been using enhanced cleaning measures so you can feel confident every step until you get to them. So as always, our people can't wait to take you to yours. American Airlines, you are why we fly. Back to the break. 
Help your fellow Cowboys Nation fans in their fight against cancer by purchasing Dallas Cowboys Crucial Catch gear. Support a great cause and look good doing it. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop or shop.dallascowboys.com. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the show live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We just finished our segment with Bucky Brooks. Some good stuff he had there about the Cowboys defense versus the Giants offense. Before we get back into the conversation on those matchups, uh, let's talk a little bit about some players uh, that Coach McCarthy talked about this morning. Uh, it seems like there's a, a growing list of guys that are out due to injury, and some of them, it looks like this week, may start their 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 progress uh, toward coming back. Dave, why don't you line out some of the guys that have been out and kind of where they are in their pro- process of, of coming back to the team? Well, I probably want to start with the guy that McCarthy mentioned unprompted, which is always a good idea. Uh, he was he was asked why they released Brandon Carr, and he specifically said, we feel pretty good about where Anthony Brown is and his recovery. Uh, so, you know, Brown's been out for a couple games at this point. I think that's something to watch. Um, I don't know if that means he's ready on Sunday, but, I mean, if you're willing to release a guy because of that, that seems like a good sign. So I would be keeping a close eye on Anthony Brown's situation. Hopefully he can get back to the secondary. Leighton Vanderesh, McCarthy kind of I want to be careful about this because McCarthy said you know he he's going to try to start ramping up I'm not 100% sure what he's going to do he might not leave the rehab group but we want him to start practicing so it's easy to hear that and get excited and say oh yeah Layton's coming back I don't 100% know the timeline on that I think it's great that they're going to start trying to ramp him up but I need to see more before I'm sitting here saying he might be ready to go. Obviously, it's been three weeks since he went on IR. He can come back whenever he wants, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's still a little ways off. And Dave, just to be clear, uh, and just then to be the clear other, real um, quick, I want to bump in on that LVE thing. It, it, that was a broken collarbone, so my assumption, that's not the kind of injury where you're testing out to see if he feels good. No. That's more a thing of, what are the x-rays saying? Is it is the bone healed, right? Right. Okay. It's always right. better. Right. Well, I think... Six the, and, yeah. Go ahead, Dave. That's that's kind of yeah. No, it's, I mean he's he's been out there working with Britt Brown in the rehab group for a while. Like he can move around and run and take part in football stuff. But yeah, I just don't think he's at a point where he's ready to be hitting people in football action yet. So that's kind of my point. Is it's easy to get excited that they're ramping him up, but if I had to guess, I think he's probably still at least a couple weeks away at the least. That's just my guess. Um, the other big one is Randy Gregory. Uh, he, he can start practicing today. They're going to let him mix into practice. I don't think it'll be a big workload. He's not eligible to play until the 25th. So he's again, he's still a couple weeks off until you would expect to see him in the lineup, but they're going to start trying to get him ready and conditioned so that when October 25th rolls around, he can jump in as soon as possible. So, Amber and Nick, I want you guys to chime in on this part. Who do you think of those three guys he mentioned, who do you think the Cowboys need back most? Who is, is more of a – who would give this team more of a lift uh, by returning to the lineup? Nick, let's start with you. Well, I, I think that Leighton Vanderesh would give them more of a lift, but like Dave said, I, I'm not thinking it happens this week. Let's, you know, let's don't move down, down the line too far. Anthony Brown returning this week is going to help them. I mean, I think that it, it just will. So um, he's the one that I that I would, you know, if they were all come back at the same time, I would probably say Leighton. But, you know, I, I do think it's important for have Anthony Brown back. I never thought I would 
you know, say it like that. Like, well, oh that was, that's also the, the part I'm kind of wondering. Like, I think everybody's looking at him as somewhat of a savior. Uh, but I just I look at it and I'm like, I mean, Anthony was a uh, to me, he's an average cornerback. I don't think he's a great cornerback. I think he's an average cornerback. Well, I don't know that it gets is it does it get a lot better? I mean, well, I would yeah. assume maybe he's better than is Warley. this an average defense? No, no, it's not. So if you can get, if you, if you can get an average point. player, it's going to elevate the the defense. Good point. Good point. Amber, what do you think? Who gives them the big, biggest jump? I think that that we'll probably get the most uh, right away from Anthony Brown, just because again, when you when you talk about Layton, I I am ready to have him back on the defense. I think the Cowboys do need him, but it makes me wonder because. You know, when players get hurt and they come back, you've seen it in the past where it creates some kind of hesitation just in their game. Not that they want to do that, but it just naturally happens because of the things that your body has had to deal with. It creates certain hesitation when trying to tackle or or, or hit somebody. So in that scenario, it just makes me wonder just how Leighton will really feel once he's actually in the game. I'm excited to see Randy Gregory come back in, but at the same time, I I don't think neither of those three guys is just going to come in and just completely change the defense like a miracle. So the Cowboys need a lot more help than that, a lot bigger change than just having these guys come back. But uh, it's good. It's good to hear that they're on their way to making it back to the field again. There were two players that left the game uh, Sunday, Joe Looney and Dalton Schultz. We already know that Looney's going to be out for a few weeks. Tyler uh, Biotish will be the guy that's going to be playing for him, presumably. Uh, Let's talk about Dalton Schultz, though. I personally believe Dalton Schultz has been a bright spot for this offense from the standpoint that what I if you talk about any player on this team where your expectations were one level and they've played significantly above that Dalton Schultz to me is hands down the player I put in that category um, as the player who has exceeded his expectations way more than what I had for him coming into the year so my question is let's assume for a second that he can't play for a couple weeks and this is already a position where you don't have Blake Jarwin how much does that affect this offense not having Dalton Schultz in the lineup? And I know that sounds weird asking that, but mm-hmm. how much does that affect this offense? Dave, let's go to you. Ten personnel, baby. I mean, yeah, Dalton Schultz has had – he's been a bright spot. I've been very impressed. Um, but let's just roll these receivers out here. Cedric Wilson and Noah Brown are showing you what they can do. Um, you know, they're kind of – they've been using their tight ends as big receivers anyway. So – just let's play some 10 personnel. That's my response. Nick, how much does Dalton Schultz hurt? Well, Schultz hurt. It, it hurts just from, you know, being able to run your offense the way they want to in the in the passing game and all that. But, you know, the fact is is that Blake Jarwin would have done this, you know, even probably better than this. And and this is this is the product of the offense the way it is, is that the tight end is going to get open a lot uh, in this setup. Problem is, is they don't they don't block very well, and he he hasn't been that good of, of a blocker, and none of them have really, and they don't they don't do a great job of, of blocking on short yardage and down in the red zone, but they're passing their way in, which which helps, uh, especially in the second half. So it it's it's not going to be I don't think it's going to be a huge difference. I really don't. I mean I think that that they'll slide somebody else in there and they'll be able to to catch and eight eight ten yard passes. I mean he's been better than I thought, but I don't think it's been like really dynamic. All right, Amber, what do you think? 
I think the Cowboys will be fine considering all the other offensive uh, weapons that they have. But the tight end position, just it always, I've always seen it as a comfort spot for Dak. I know Dak does like just finding that tight end and connecting with them in certain scenarios where he can find open guys uh, as the wide receivers. But uh, just overall, and considering also the way that Dak has been playing, how dynamic he's been and how well he's been connecting with his receivers, I think that they should be okay just with everyone else and changing the personnel. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and take our final break. When we come back, I want to get to this topic that Amber brought up earlier this week of how to fix this. We didn't get a chance to get to it yesterday, uh, but I have a few areas where I want to throw out to you guys and, and to get your opinions on how the Cowboys can fix some of the things that ail them right now sitting at 1-3. and three. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back to the break. Does your Cowboys fandom go beyond the game? As part of the NFL Fan of the Year contest, we're launching a search for one extraordinary Cowboys fan who is a positive influence and inspires others through their love of the game. Visit NFL.com slash Fan of the Year now to learn more and nominate today. We're going to find out who the fans of the year are this year. Are we? Yeah. I mean, that's who you, I mean. The ones that are calling in week, week twelve, week thirteen, is wanting to do this and that. Yeah, those are the those are the fan of the year. Of course, do we even have call-ins anymore? You know, that's a good question. Our producer Chris, I'm gonna have to ask him that after the show. Is can we get call-ins? I mean, back he on doesn't have much on his plate. I think we could put more things on there like that. <laughs> yeah, Chris is Chris sitting around just chilling right now. He has nothing to do. He Problem is, is when one one show does it. The yeah. other 11 Everybody's shows want to do, do it, it, too. Yeah. All right. We welcome back to the show. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And uh, we're, we're going to 
now take a little bit of a turn and and we're going to put on our fix it hats like we're going to figure out what's going on with this team and and how we can fix it for them and hopefully hopefully right now the team is listening to the show and uh, and they will walk away with some real bullet points that they can go out and and you know do some things and, and see if we can get this thing back on track all right so let's start first with the right tackle position lyle collins is now gone for the season my question for you guys is who is best to replace him and does that make a big difference in what we've seen through the first four games relative to going forward you've got brandon knight you've got zach martin or do you look somewhere else let's start first with you amber I think I would go with Brandon Knight um, and, and just have him there. We've seen what the Cowboys are capable of. They just need to limit their mistakes and over as a whole, the offense as a whole, just make it work. We we see it all the time in the fourth quarter. And it might be the sense of urgency and you know you got adrenaline rushing in and that competitive side of you kicks in and maybe get, gives you extra talent. I don't know where, I don't know, but we've seen it happen so we know that they can do it. Uh, I would stick to Brandon Knight and, and just actually stick to it. Stop shuffling around. We've been talking about it on the show. Just quit shuffling. Figure out exactly which combination you want and stick to it throughout practice and until, you know, something else crazy happens as far as an injury. All right, Nick. Uh, Brandon Knight would be the guy right now. Uh, the the loony injury uh, affects things because you, you, could, you could see maybe sliding Zach out and putting Looney at right guard. But now that that's not happening and he's hurt, and I don't think Connor McGovern looks like he's ready, or they don't think he's I don't ready. Think so so then, then I would go with Brandon Knight. I think he he'll can continue to get better. I think the right side is the better spot for him, um, and especially if Tyron could stay on that left side um, and and be healthy. Yeah, I, I think that that's the best that's the best route. But also, I think that you, you need to to chip more. You need to block more. Keep those guys in. Those receivers can get open. Um, on their own. I don't think you need to have five, six guys out in every route. Yeah, you can max protect with this offense and, yeah. and, and still be able to get guys open that you can get exactly. to. Yep. Dave? Yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm the guy that said 10 personnel in the last segment, but if Brandon Knight is struggling, and I don't think he will against this team, but you know, next time they go against a badass pass rusher, Blake Bell is there, and you can attach Blake Bell to Brandon Knight's hip. Uh, you know, Tyron is back at left tackle and he can help Connor Williams. I, I think it's fine the way it is. I, I haven't seen anything from Brandon Knight that, that hurts my confidence that he can handle the job. All right. Let's move on to a, a personnel question. I, I know this week there's been a lot of talk of should the Cowboys be looking in free agency. And there are a lot of players right now that the Cowboys have that are out due to injury. Um, so my question for you is, if you take the whole lot of them, you got Sean Lee, you got Leighton Vanderesh, you got Randy Gregory, Cheeto, you got uh, Anthony Brown. If you get all those guys back, do you think that's enough to change the tide, particularly of what's happening on defense? Or do you think the Cowboys still need to look outside uh, for, for reinforcements? Let's start first with you, Nick. You know, it's just so hard to, to look outside now. I mean, when you really think about it, there's 500 players on rosters now, or you know, or, or allocated to teams, IR or practice squad. 500 more players than there were last year. That's just that the pool is just shrinking of players that are available now. The veterans that you know, what kind of shape are they in? You know, and now the NFL's protocol of they have to well, you have to test six 
you have to pass six tests now. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I think it's they a moved lot. it from three to six. So you got to think a whole week ahead now that you know that, that you you need to get somebody in here. So which is why now would be the time. Now right? you think New York, you can manage to get right. by get through the game, hope, right? come back for the next game. Yeah. You got a Monday night game yeah. uh, following that. So so yeah, I mean, I just I just don't think that they believe that there's there's a there's guys out there that can really help them. Um, and they've looked at all the names, and they've they've seen them. They they've looked at the tape. I just don't think that they've. So the answer to your question, I think they have. It has to be. It has to be enough right now to to patch it through. Amber. That's just a. It's a really hard question because it, it's such a mixture, a mix of everything combined. I I don't think that even if you get, let's say, a guy like Earl Thomas, the the defense is not just magically going to change. I think it it's something bigger than just talent specifically speaking of. And, and these guys, the return of them, yes, it's going to help the Cowboys. It should help them. But at the end of the day, they they need. Something bigger, something bigger needs to happen as far as, and I don't know what that is. Because me, I, I said it the other day, my, my patience in football is very, very low. So me right now, I'm thinking, okay, who do I need to fire? Who do I need to bring in here? And when I started thinking that way, I, I'm like, okay, well, shoot. Who would I bring in here? I don't know. I don't know who I would bring in here. I don't know who would be... Um, available to come in here and start changing things around as far as the defense go so uh it should help but it's not gonna that's that's not the solution dave i don't get why they don't have any interest in snacks harrison mm-hmm. i never really understood that especially once the season started and it was obvious that the defensive tackle position is a problem i, I mean on one hand I think I even said during the offseason, I was like, he's a, he's a two-down player. He's not going to help you rush the passer. Well, I don't think I counted on the run defense being this bad. So it sounds pretty nice to have somebody who could really be a force in the run game right now. Uh, some, I guess you, you could say, fortunately, uh, it sounds like Snacks is going to Seattle. So, I mean, that's not good for the Cowboys, but at the very least, we don't have to talk about him anymore. Well, um uh, well, you know, Earl Thomas is Earl Thomas is obviously the other one, but at this point, I'm I'm comfortable in the knowledge that dude's been out there for a long time. It ain't just the Cowboys that are ignoring him, and and nobody seems interested. Which there's just got to be something there. So I'm not gonna kill him. I'm not gonna kill him for not doing that. Uh, but those are a couple names. Eric Reed's another one. Uh, Tony Jefferson. Yeah, like I would look at some of these guys. It can't be worse than what they're putting out there. And no, it's not going to transform you into a top-tier defense, but they don't need to be a top-tier defense. They need to be average to below average. Like, if the Cowboys were 20th in the league in total defense right now, they would have a winning record. But they're in the bottom three in, like, every important category. So I don't really buy that there's no way to improve this defense. I do think getting some of these hurt guys back will help, like – if, if Sean and Layton and Cheeto and Anthony Brown are all healthy and contributing, I do think that'll make a difference. But that still wouldn't stop me from kicking the tires on some better players. You know, I, I'll, I'm going to throw something in there about Earl Thomas because we don't get a chance to talk to a lot of people anymore. But I did uh, this, this week talk to a couple of people, some scouts, coaches. They, they have looked at Earl Thomas multiple times. And – the reason why he hasn't been signed by the Cowboys is on the field. 
Now, off the field probably certainly doesn't help, but it's on the field tape that is the reason why he hasn't been signed. And so I know a lot of us just say, well, he's a bad guy or bad teammate or, you know, whatever, undisciplined. It's, it's on the tape that is the issue versus, I think, the other stuff that's out there plus the money he's looking for. But it's, it's, it's the type of player that, you know. Now, you can look at it and say, well, it's got to be better than Darian Thompson. Right, that's, that was going to be my question. Is I know. he not better than what they I, have? I think, it's, I think it's on the tape combined with just some of the things that, that's happened and the money and all that. And I would, yeah, and honestly, if he is not a drastic upgrade over, over DT and he brings all of that other baggage, like, it makes sense. Like I said, like, it really, it doesn't bother me that they haven't signed Earl Thomas. Like, between the off-field stuff, the money he's probably looking for, and I don't have a problem believing that the tape has declined. So purely from a football standpoint, he is probably better than Darian Thompson and Donovan Wilson, but not so much better that it's worth all of that crap. And I'll So say that, I, I, I get it. Yeah, I, I've moved on from the Earl Thomas thing for quite a while. Um, but where I am, and I, I agree with Dave on this, where I am still a little bit perplexed is that they didn't make a play for Snacks Harrison. If Poe really isn't performing at the level that everybody, and I, I have yet to hear anybody say, disagree with that, that mm-hmm. Poe is playing at a level where he should be playing right now. And I think it's affecting that second level as well. As, as Buck, you mentioned, you know, when, you, when you're getting guys that are pushing Poe back into the linebackers, that's a problem for the linebackers as well. Um, I'm, I'm kind of shocked that they wouldn't at least look at a 350-pound guy who wasn't at one point an all-pro. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, to me, that just makes a lot of sense. And I will say this. Dave, you mentioned he, he, he's in Seattle. What I read this morning is that he's on their practice squad. And the rules are if he's on the practice squad, you can go sign someone from someone's practice squad. So it's still not lost cause at this point. I do think it's something the Cowboys should at least take a look at, right? Just yeah. because I think that yeah. they they that is a position where if you clear that position up, you actually might make two or three positions better by just clearing up that position. And I don't think they have that guy on this team right now. Derek, Derek, turns out that it it doesn't matter what we think, doesn't matter what you think, they're gonna do what they're gonna do. And I, I mean, I I don't understand why. I don't understand why not at least try to bring someone in just to look at them in person get a workout i know that covid doesn't help all these protocols doesn't help and i'm sure that's a factor as to okay do i really want to spend time trying to examine this if i'm not fully convinced because of everything but uh, that that's perception it's a big thing and, and to me right now it, it is upsetting and i know that fans are upset too at the fact that they're not even trying and we don't know what happens behind doors but at least what we get to see or hear we don't hear or see anything happening and, and that's when it it makes you just upset dave were you about to say something no, too it doesn't upset no it doesn't upset me i mean it just it is what it is they teams think they're smarter than everybody else and sometimes they are and sometimes they have to swap tackles in the middle of the game it just is what it is like i don't i don't let it upset me but it is it's interesting to see how these decisions play out and i mean derek you're right there's nothing stopping them from looking at snacks but i mean if they weren't interested when he was unemployed yeah. why are they going to be interested once he's in seattle i just yeah, i yeah, don't I'm see definitely it saying so. that with, with my with my tongue firmly planted in my cheek but the point is like i think that that's an area where they could clearly in my opinion could upgrade the position and give yourself 
a guy in the middle that at least won't get pushed around. I don't think at 350 and everything I've ever watched of Snacks Harrison, you can you can claim maybe he doesn't go, always go as as hard as he should. You can claim he's not going to be able to do much more than be a two down player. What I've never heard anybody say is he gets pushed around. So if you can give me a 350 pound guy that I can put in the middle that at least keeps those offensive linemen from getting to the second level to my linebackers and allow my linebackers to flow to the ball. I'm good with that. I'll take that right now, and I think that can help your defense it's a, uh, a lot. Yeah, I just – at 350 pounds, and I don't know him at all. I, I mean, but number one, he has a nickname for a reason. <laughs> and two, he's 350 pounds, and he hasn't had any training camp, any offseason, and it, nobody's signing him. And the, the team that is signing him is putting on their practice squad, which means – to me, it looks like there's no way he's in any kind of football shape. To and that may, be, that may be true. And, but but I, I, again, the way I look at that is 350 pounds, playing defensive tackle. Hey, until we get you in shape where you can run to the sideline, all we're going to do is just put you in there and say, don't let anybody move beyond you. Like, just hold the point, right? Well, they're moving Poe. What do you mean they're moving Poe? Moving him around. Okay, but mm-hmm. I think Snacks will be a little bit more. And, and if, he's, if he's as snack hungry as you think he is, then maybe it's even more of him to push around, so you're not going to push him around. I, I just feel like, give me another body, and let's see if that big body can stop people from getting to the second level. You okay with Tristan I just, it, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. It, it just, it, it reminds me of the same thing, like, we said it at the start of the season, it's like, there's always, there's always a threshold for when you break the glass in case of an emergency. We, I mean, Zach Martin had never played right tackle in his entire career until everything completely hit the fan and they were like, we got to do something or it's going to go south. And through four weeks, the Cowboys don't feel like they're there. But if this keeps up, there is there's a threshold. There is a threshold for where they say, F it, we got to do something. We can't just keep expecting to get better results with what we have. Yep. Uh, so, you know, this is going to be a topic of conversation until – the guys that are here either get better or the results get bad enough that they can't take it anymore. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We are back tomorrow. We will talk Cowboys offense versus Giants defense. We'll have Bucky on, and we'll get some opinions from these guys as well. Until then, for Nick Geatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!